0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast, celebrating the radio show-turned-podcast, too-beautiful-to-live. In Kyle, Texas, I'm joined by Mike Frizzell. Good morning, Mike.
1: Good morning. I'm going by a different name today, and it'll make sense soon. I'm going by today's Tom Sawyer. (laughs) Uh, And...
0: (laughs) Not too much further south in houston texas eddie maxwell good morning Eddie. good morning
2: good morning how are you two
0: uh uh uh, well (laughs) we're we're recording this on wednesday november 9th uh so uh i think none of us are great (laughs) but we'll get to that uh we're going to talk about some things we must discuss then we're going to get to know eddie we'll talk about the tbtl history clip she has brought us of course, this is a Friday edition of the show. If you're looking for a TBTL recap, go to the previous ep- episode or wait for the next one. Those come out on Mondays, but uh, Eddie is our special guest today to take a dive back into history with TBTL. We'll talk about how you can get involved with the show and do a little housekeeping. But first, must discuss, <laughs> this just made the uh, run sheet this morning, and uh, and uh, this is not where I think we thought the three of us thought we would be. This morning as we recorded this, but uh, Mike, you wrote the election down. Yes,
1: uh, we're sitting here on (laughs) on Wednesday morning. And last night, uh, Donald Trump um, became the next president of the United States. And I spent the weeks leading up to this election um, really trying to talk myself into Hillary winning easily, and I did. I really thought it, I, I was in Luke's camp. I really thought um, it was gonna it was gonna be an easy victory, but uh, it just early on, you started to see uh, how poorly she was performing in a lot of these states, and uh, I started to develop a knot in my stomach, which I still have this morning. I had I couldn't eat anything last night. I haven't eaten anything today, and uh, boy, I'm. I'm shocked, but of course, you know we live in our bubble. Uh I personally don't know anyone really well who's dumb enough to have voted for Donald Trump. So that's what makes it shocking to me, but again, bubble. And I checked uh I checked Eddie's page uh before I putting election on there because I didn't want to insult her if she a <laughs> Trump supporter. I appreciate but that. Have, having met her, you know, um I was pretty sure but uh, it's always nice to check.
2: Yeah, it it is good to check. I do have some, some friends who, who did vote for Trump, um, but they're nice people, and I, I, I think I'll be able to remain. I think, well, depending if they read my Facebook page, we may still be <laughs> friends. I'm not quite sure. Um, Yeah, I was pretty pretty vehement about it last night. I did warn about the F-bomb, so uh, maybe my cousins and younger nieces and nephews may have been kept away from my page. Um, but yep, here we are. Um, I was up till three this morning watching. I've, I've never stayed up this late. I've never been this upset. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And yeah. Uh,
0: you know, about friends and, and, uh, uh, supporters of Trump. I, I think it's really important. And I've been thinking this all morning, um, And actually, I was thinking this yesterday, too, and I'll get into it in a minute. But you guys know I'm I'm a poll worker in in my native – or not native, but my new home, Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing all these voters come and go. And I know that plenty of them are Trump supporters and plenty of them are Republicans and also that those two groups are not mutually exclusive. And my problem is not with Republicans because I've never had a major problem with Republicans in general Right. In the past as a Democrat and as someone who's just generally a liberal. Um, and I know that there's a lot of echo chamber with this show. I know not everyone listening to this show agrees with me politically, but I know a lot of people do. Um, but even George W. Bush, God, in hindsight anyway, I know, had good intentions and just a, a really different idea of mm-hmm. the the means to reach those goals. Right. Yeah. Um, uh Dick Cheney was just pure evil. I mean that's t- <laughs> yeah. that that was really the problem with that administration and in fact yeah. in a certain way I I have the same looming uh frustration now with with Mike Pence yes. who I think is actually in so many ways so much worse mm-hmm. than Donald Trump but um you know the the Trump supporters it's just because of the vitriol uh you know, I was listening to Boston Public Radio this morning before we, we jumped onto this, and they were vamping before Hillary Clinton's speech because she was like an hour late going on. And so they were taking calls on the air, and it's a couple of old talk show hosts who jumped over to public radio, so it's very talk showy. And uh, uh, the sort of more conservative of the two just said, uh, you know, it's it's important to remember that that not all of Trump's supporters are – racists and sexist and xenophobes. And I actually got mad and I ran into my computer and I just tweeted at him. Right. But they all just chose to vote for a racist, (laughs) sexist, (laughs) xenophobe. Right. Yes. Right. And that's very telling. Um, This isn't going to be a whole show about politics, but God. Um, uh, What are your stories from yesterday? When did you vote? Uh, How did you handle your days yesterday? I'm very curious. Eddie, uh, what what was it like in Houston?
2: Uh, I voted early. So, so both my husband and I voted early. So we did it, um, I don't know, a week or two ago. And, uh, and actually I was kind of impressed with the quality of the poll workers and, and I'm sorry, sorry, Bobby, but you know, so, so on, on election oh, no, day, I, we don't I, get the best.
0: I, you know? I have, actually, I mean, I have horror stories, so we'll get there. <laughs>
2: yeah. And so, uh, but you know, I felt that, that I went to the local, um, uh, health and human services building. It was, they had crowd control for the parking. Uh, the poll workers were helpful and friendly. And it was, it was super easy. And I was so glad I did. Um, I thought about driving past my polling place last night, but I was, but I was running late, uh, getting home. Uh, but I'm sure there was a line.
0: Sure. What kind of ballots do you use in Texas?
2: Uh, we we have electronic. And so it's, it's really kind of lame. We have this, you have to turn like this little, uh, what is it, a wheel? We have to turn a yeah. little wheel and push a little button, um, and there's no printout at the end. You just
0: hope, right? I'm just picturing <laughs> you voting on a rotary phone.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty similar.
1: Well, my, I did have an experience. This is the first time I'd seen one of those machines, and Emily was trying to tell me uh, it's a it's a weird machine. It's going to take you a minute to to figure it out because it's the first time I've voted in Texas. Being an ex felon, I finally got my card. Yeah, good and, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. So we went to early voting, and the line moved well, and the poll workers were great. Um, there was one one polling station for um, like wheelchair people or people that needed to sit down, mm-hmm. and I was waiting and waiting for that one, and the, the lady was taking forever. So uh, I went to the just one of the regular ones, and by doing that, I missed the sign that it was at eye level for an adult that said this is not a touchscreen. Yes. So. I got up there and I'm and I'm all over that screen and the pull worker pull worker keeps walking over to me and saying it's not a touch screen it's not a touch screen it's not a touch screen and I, I finally got it that you have to wheel this thing around and then press a a button it's like um it's like a kid's toy like a
2: uh, a speak and uh, say See and yeah, yeah, see and yeah, speak and, see and speak and spell, speak and spell, just,
1: <laughs> just big plastic buttons and, and yeah. a wheel, you know, and uh, finally got it. And, and yeah, you don't get a printout or whatever. So um, I don't know about you, Eddie, but I just kept staring at the screen to make sure. Yeah, I, I did. You know? I
2: double checked because there were some problems with uh, a few of them up in uh, the Dallas area. Earlier. Yeah, I
1: guess so. So, so yeah. Um, and then people trying to turn that into election rigging or whatever. Oh. Well, how about you just point it out to the poll worker and just get on another machine? How about yep. that? If it's yep. not doing what it's supposed to do. Yep.
0: Uh, you know, Speak and Spell is made by Texas Instruments. I wonder who makes the voting machines for the state of Texas.
1: Um, play School? Play School?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hasbro.
0: Hey, they're a Pawtucket, Rhode Island company, actually.
2: Uh, oh, okay. Well, then we can trust it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, uh, if you saw, you wouldn't have seen the local news from New England, but anyone who did saw that um, Rhode Island in general was a clusterfuck for voting this year, and Pawtucket was the uh, demon child worst of the bunch of that. So uh, Mm -hmm. in Rhode Island, we have optical scan ballots. They basically are paper ballots, and then you feed them through what looks like a, a terrible office printer scanner machine one page at a time, and it scans both sides of every ballot. Um,
2: yeah, we, we had those in in high school.
0: Yeah. Um, and it works a lot like a Scantron, and they changed the machines this year. So until recently, there were these ancient scanner machines, and you had an arrow, and you connected the lines on the arrow for the person you wanted to vote for with a felt-tip pen. And it was always this thing, oh, my God, you have to use the, the right pen. Well, this year they switched to these bubbles that you fill in and you can use any pen. Uh, And these new fancy scanning machines, which do work better. They break down less, but they are slower page by page. There's a little bit of a a pause between each page you put in. And the state ballot this year was two pages long, double-sided.
2: Oh, my God.
0: And so it just took people a long time to fill it out. But Pawtucket had uh, more local referenda than most of the... Uh, cities and our ballot was three pages long with two sides each. So it took people forever to vote and then forever to cast their ballots. Uh, and they only put one of these new scanning machines in every precinct. And so my precinct, the one that I managed yesterday is small. Uh, we only had five like voting windows where you walk up and fill out your ballot and one computer. And so the flow was pretty good. We were able to manage it fine. We had about 400 and something voters, uh, At our polling precinct all day, and it was not a problem. But the really, really big precincts, like the one where Sam and I are supposed to vote. um, Sam tried to go vote at 7 a.m. yesterday, right when polls opened before work, and the line was an hour long. And most of the line was after people had filled out their ballot, waiting to put it into the machine.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: And so she had to leave. She had to go to work. So she went back after work and waited in line for two hours. Wow. To put her ballot into this machine because they were jamming their new. There's an issue with the bin in them and transport. I won't get into the details and I don't know exactly what happened at these precincts, but, um, they were finally just taking them emergency <laughs> ballots. They were going to take them and not scan them. And then as soon as they could, they were going to rescan them all, you know, get them all into the machine to get counted, which is like the backup procedure. And a uh, board of canvassers employees from the city were walking around telling people in line, if you don't want to wait, we can take your ballot. But a lot of the people in our precinct are from a, a not so great neighborhood. And it was a lot of rowdy Trump supporters who were just assuming that this was a rigged election. And we're going, you're not taking my ballot. We're going to, you know, and Sam said it was getting chippy in line. People were yelling and, and complaining and,
3: you know, wow. crying foul.
0: <laughs> And so she gave her the ballot because it was someone she recognized, too. Uh, and she was just like, whatever, take it. I got to okay. go. Um, and on the 11 o'clock news last night, local, they had a live shot from another polling place in Pawtucket like, like hers, where it was someone doing a stand-up. And in the background, it was just a little old lady poll worker standing there feeding ballots into this machine one by one because they had to do them all. Hmm. And the, the line was finally gone, but she was doing all the ones that people had just left. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, and and that woman just looks over to the camera, and she's got this painful face on her in the oh. background. Aww.
2: well, bless her for sticking around to do well, it. Well,
0: I mean, she, she had to. I mean, what are you yeah. going to do? But uh, and and it was in a state like Rhode Island where people knew that that Hillary Clinton was going to win Rhode Island, you know, four months ago. Yeah. So, but you know, there's some local races. Oh um, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. The yeah, the local measures, and we had sheriff. Um, we had district attorney, uh, judges up the wazoo. Yeah,
1: I, I love it in in Texas. Uh, the sheriff is a political position. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. Uh, like uh, if I if I didn't vote for you, are you still going to come to my house when when, <laughs> when someone breaks in?
2: Yeah, the ma- the mayor is is non. But even though you kind of like okay, this is a conservative, this is a liberal, but they're not running under a party. But our sheriffs, our judges. Mm-hmm. And our district attorneys. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's nuts. Yeah. The thing with Pawtucket is that most of the real races happened in the primary. So it was mainly just a lot of spending bonds and things like that. And mm-hmm. people just don't read those school school committee more often than not having your alphabet land somewhere in the top seven candidates on the list will get you in because mm-hmm. uh, people just don't know. Uh, the funniest race was the mayor for my city the real contest is in the primary, but uh, a guy decided to run third party on the uh, sick of scandals party ticket. And he took about 25% of the vote for mayor. 25. SOS. SOS. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. my god. In, in Rhode Island, you can call your party any five word or phrase less uh, slogan if you don't have an official party name. And so he was sick of scandals.
1: Well, uh, Adam Raposa, whose uh, commercial has been played on TBTL, he was on the ballot here. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you haven't heard, he's a lawyer.
2: Oh, no. I, you know, I really think I did hear that. Yeah. It must have been a local commercial or something. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he's insane. And he has a, a video on his campaign website that's linked through the uh, voter's guide that uh the the screen capture from this 10 minute video that he wants people to watch is him having he's uh in some uh white crime fighter underwear um on a bed with some lady pouring oil on him. Oh my so, god. Yeah. Oh so oh. I I haven't checked the results today but I don't know if I don't know if he's he's going to make I it. I
2: don't know that I can get that image out of my head. Thanks Mike.
1: Yeah. Yeah and he's not in as good a shape as he used to be either. So show picture
2: yeah,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> um, well,
0: Mike, since you put it on the run sheet, uh, I, you know, I shared the story with our friends this morning of what happened here this morning at the house before Sam left for work. Um, and I think I'm going to share it here too. And I'm not on the recap this week, uh, where I'm sure there'll be a lot more talk about this stuff because I think. The guys are getting ready to tape today's TPTL, and I noticed on Facebook yeah. they were fielding voicemails from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sam went to bed fairly early last night because she had to get up this morning, and I finally passed out last night at about 12.45, 1 a.m. on the east. I just couldn't stay awake anymore. I'd been up for over 20 hours at that point, and I had spent 15 hours working the election, and I was just beat. Uh, and clearly – the growing angst i mean i was feeling palpitations last night i just it just was getting worse mm-hmm. and worse and so i woke up this morning early probably birds outside my window yeah <laughs> probably yeah and sam I'm was, on a branch <laughs> sam was <laughs> still asleep and so i just did what i always would do and i just went and read the new york times article and then all the other articles and looked at Facebook for a minute. And I said, this really happened. Yeah. yeah. And then I felt Sam wake up next to me a little bit. And we had a few minutes before she had to go. And I just laid there and stared at the ceiling and kind of held on to her and realized that I was going to get to be, or have to be the person to tell her that Donald Trump is the next president of the United States. And so she was starting to get up, to leave, to get ready to go to work. And I stopped her and I said, Hey, before you look at your phone, before you look at the news, you need to know that this happened last night and it actually fucking happened. And she just looked at me and she doesn't follow these things super closely, but she knows that it's important. And, you know, she waited in line to vote. And uh, she just said, are you fucking kidding me? Like, she she sincerely thought I was trying to make a joke. Uh-huh. And I just looked at her and I said, I couldn't. I couldn't jo- I wouldn't joke like this, right. I couldn't joke like this if I tried, yeah. right, even you aren't that much of an asshole, yeah, I'm yeah. a pretty big asshole, <laughs> but not even you would do that, and uh like, yeah,, yeah I don't and know. she just we just sat there for so long that she had to run out the door without her coffee this morning and and you know we were just stunned together, <sighs> yeah,
2: it's really awful well i I listened. I, w- I wanted to, much like uh, Luke and, and Andrew were saying ye- in yesterday's podcast, I actually just made sure I downloaded it before I left to drive home last night, because I wanted to listen to something about the election without listening to stuff about the election, you know, the actual news, because I was so stressed. Mm-hmm. And it really helped uh, helped me, like, get through the drive home and feel mm-hmm. okay and... It just, you know, they finished up. I hadn't gotten to the no point conversion yet, but I listened to that, that whole section all the, all the way home. And then I walk in the door and I start to see the results and, um, I poured my first glass of wine and went from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ironically, yesterday's no point conversion pissed me off less than normal. <laughs> right. was kind of, I was kind of expecting with the bills game, I was yeah. going to be more angry than normal. <laughs> no, uh it wasn't.
1: Well, it wasn't too bad, but we'll get. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that on in the recap. I'm sorry you're yeah. going to miss that. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> just to wrap up the election talk, I just want to say something hopeful, and that is, um, sometimes a dummy is going to win a battle, but that doesn't mean they have to win the war.
2: Yeah. Right on. Yeah.
0: Sorry, I have to write down words of hope from Mike because it's
1: such a. Weird. Yeah, that is.
2: Yeah, that's actually <laughs> sincere. And Usually,
1: living in negative, negative ten. Negative ten. Yes. Negative ten. Yeah. Watch your enunciation there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, Eddie. Yes. Uh, we met at uh, Meredith's house. Yes, we did. <laughs> when you drove all the way up from Houston for a gathering in Dallas of tens, while I was in Texas a couple of months ago. And it was such a delight meeting you. Uh, I, I was amazed that you had driven that far just to see us dummies.
2: <laughs> oh, it's what I do.
0: <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I'm so glad that you had come. And since then, we've talked a little bit. And the three of us actually had a conversation over the dinner table, over uh, a mountain of meat that stuff yes. <laughs> grilled for us.
2: Oh my gosh! It was like an elk or something. It was a huge amount of meat. It was fabulous.
0: <laughs> and I think that's when we finally started talking you to coming on this show. hmm Yes. And <laughs> um, and we had another conversation when that happened, and that was that we were talking about how I tr- host trivia, and that you were looking for uh, a little bit of a setup to host trivia at RushCon.
2: Yes. And Rushcon just 16. so we don't.
0: Yeah, just so we don't lose people. Can you tell us about RushCon 6- 2016?
2: Uh, yeah, RushCon is a is the fan convention for the band Rush from Canada. Uh, the, I've started it back in 2000. We held our first one in 2001. And with our mini-cons and all that, we held about 19 events. RushCon 16 was uh, – we call it RushCon 16, but – uh, RushCon 2016 was this year, and I just got home Sunday from it, and it was amazing. It was fabulous.
0: You were just in Canada, and you chose to come back.
2: Um, I, well, she my, didn't know. I didn't know. Okay, yeah, that's I was point. hopeful. I was hopeful. <laughs> we, all <were>
0: hopeful. <laughs> we all were hopeful. Yeah, I was gonna say the whole world was hopeful. Yeah. Uh, so you founded this. Uh, how big was it when you started, and how big is it now? And why aren't you putting this much passion into TBTL? <laughs>
2: Well, well, because I haven't put this much passion in TVTL because I've been doing RushCon. And uh, our numbers have ranged anywhere, uh, in a year, anywhere between like 75 and 350. And this year wow. we had a little less than 200. So I, I don't have the exact numbers because it's a three-day event. And so we had a bunch of people Thursday. And we did a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, instead of a Friday, Saturday, Sunday this year because... We were hosting the one of the Toronto, or kind of the main Toronto, uh, special screenings of the new Rush documentary. So this was for this one, we actually had uh, family members of the band, uh, their people from their record company, industry people, their promoters, uh, their longtime um, you know staff and and, and uh, road crew. We're all
1: there. So, so there are speakers and like breakout sessions and
2: not breakout sessions, but we've had guest speakers before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, just people related to the band, uh, their lighting director who was with them since the seventies. Uh-huh. We've had their photographer, uh, the lady who first played Rush in America, Donna Halper. She's a well-known radio personality. Um, yeah. It's been a lot of, a lot of really great memories. I mean, I've, I've We've had a couple people that have made every single one of them, and uh, we have so many people from Japan, England, Scotland, Argentina, Brazil, Gibraltar. You know, from all over Japan. Yeah, I already said Japan. People, Australia. People from all over the world come for this.
0: I'm doing a little quick geography here. Um, if if I if my this is back of the envelope stuff, but my instinct here—I've got a Google Map up. It looks like the closest, most direct route from Houston to anywhere in Canada is about thirteen hundred miles to Windsor, Ontario. So Detroit, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so a little further to Toronto. That's fine. But I just mean Canada in general. I'm wondering how Eddie in Houston became such a big Rush fan.
2: Well, Eddie started as a Rush fan in South Dakota. Okay, and uh, and I was already becoming a Rush fan. A, a, a woman friend, oddly enough, introduced me to Grace Under Pressure. And then when I met uh, the man who became my husband, he was a big Rush fan. Uh, we met in South Dakota. He's from Pierre. I'm from Rapid City. And he had a car, and I was 21, so it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so he could drive us to the beer store, and I could buy the beer. And, uh, yeah, it, to be
1: in South Dakota w- without a car.
2: Yeah. Well, pier is yeah. small enough that, you know, I, I literally could walk to my office. I was working for the department of transportation one summer. Um, but yeah, it's a little harder. You can't get to the mall, you know, with a, well, you can, but you know, it's hard yeah. to get around. It's hard to get around. Um, so yeah, his car, so his tapes and it was tapes mm. back then and it was uh, a lot of rush. And then we went to our first rush concert and a year later um and on that trip we decided to start talking about getting engaged so rush has been really involved with our our entire lives
1: together can i ask you about your husband yes. real quick yeah. <clears throat> um i was snooping your facebook page of course like i always do with yeah. the guests yeah. and uh you know personal information uh your husband steve uh i looked at his profile picture it's is that his real hair? No,
2: no. That's one of those where you put your face into a, uh, an old-timey 70s picture with some dude with, with like a big-ass row. Yeah, no. Okay. No, no. he keeps his hair that, very close-cropped. We were talking about Marv
1: Albert the other day, and I was like, this guy's uh, what I know of what his age probably is. He really has a thick, lustrous head of hair, but yeah. but you're saying that's not the case.
2: No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. He keeps his hair close-cropped.
1: Yeah, cuz I did see uh some other some pictures with him and you on your page and yeah. Uh, I thought oh boy, I wouldn't have shaved uh, if I had that. I wouldn't have shaved it. Yeah,
2: right. No, he actually <laughs> has he has really really lovely beautiful curly hair the kind that women would kill for. Uh but he keep, just keeps it short cuz it's easier for for his work and for travel.
1: Yeah, I hear you. So, my experience with Rush, I think I'm roughly the same age as you and your husband. Mm-hmm. Um I grew up with a lot of Rush music around us because I lived near Canada and there's the, um, is it, what do they call it, CanCon rules? Yeah, yes. Um, where they, they have to play a certain percentage of Canadian bands. So there was always a lot of Rush on the radio, particularly um, when we go up to uh, my family's cabin in the San Juan Islands. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, there'd be a lot of Rush playing because the, the Canadian stations came in better than the Seattle stations up there. So... I was exposed to a lot of it, and then when I hit high school, um, I was friends with a couple guys that were really into Rush, and these were guys who um, we would go up in a group to the cabin um, once I, like, hit 16, and, and we were all mobile, and we would put, you know, cases and cases of beer in the trunk and, and go up, and we would have these elaborate um, air band. Oh, Yeah. Uh, concerts. And so a lot of it was was Rush. It was Journey, Rush, Def Leppard, all kinds of embarrassing. Van Halen, all these embarrassing uh, bands. But Rush was the least embarrassing. I mean, because the music is actually good and the lyrics are good. But I still harbor some resentment because I was always a drummer because Uh I played drums like in junior high. I was real shitty. But um, trying to approximate. Yeah. Any Neil Peart. Peart. Was ridiculous when I'm sitting on a milk crate, yes, you know. <laughs> yep, so I'm still a little uh, it left a bad taste in my mouth, but uh, still, I get I do get a little um, reminiscent when I hear some of the some of the old songs, yeah. It's enjoyed uh, the rush,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, my rush stories aren't as good, probably because I'm younger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: this is one of those. You, you, I, I, I do want you to tell it, but I just want to go. Oh, I'm sorry. Pull a Canadian. Go sorry.
1: No. Uh. Uh.
0: So for me, uh, being younger, I mean, uh, so well, first my rush encounter. I'll just say in general, uh, I've been to one rush concert, and that was outside of Buffalo, and that was the was it Snakes and You yes. corrected me on this once before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Snakes and Arrows. <laughs>
0: And the disappointment for me there was that I was familiar with sort of the top flight Rush catalog, but they really played the new album.
2: They, they played nine songs from the new album on that tour.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so I was just so lost for most of it, and I was also in a haze of people older than me and weed smoke. Yeah, <laughs> and and people like my then girlfriend's father, who actually came with us but stayed in the car to drink and get high while we were in the concert. Um, you know, his friends, it was it was really a gathering for them. And I think also it doesn't say about Rush fans, who I'm sure are great, and I want to ask you about that community. Mm-hmm. It says something about Western New Yorkers. <laughs> like it was more of the locals than the hardcore Rush fans that I was and especially we were sitting with the Riffraff. So it's not like Right. You know, I'm sure we were nowhere near the fan club section. <laughs> right. Um so it just wasn't a, it wasn't a great concert experience for me personally but I've I mean I've liked the classic music I think the the generational difference is that I grew up listening to a lot more tragically hip.
2: Oh right hmm. yeah right on.
0: Right <laughs> so yeah. and living in western new york fairly close to canada and the hip being a a you know a southern ontario band as as all ontario bands are I don't think there're any northern ontario bands really. No not really. But uh,
1: not enough dudes. Right.
0: Yeah. They would they would roll through Western New York a couple times a year, and so they would just kind of pop up on summer festivals and fairs, and you know, so you get used to going to hip concerts. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's my Rush experience. Is that I like I've I've liked the music, and I and I respect the uh, intense skill
3: of that yeah. band.
0: Kind of like what Mike was saying. I don't have any talent playing any instruments, so I'm always just blown back by people who can play well. Mm-hmm but my actual thought for you has been thinking about Rush and thinking about RushCon. Do you see parallels between the fandom of Rush and your circle there and what we have with the TENS and the STENS? And do people post pointless, irrelevant Facebook posts to the RushCon page every day? <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> sorry, um, we can just, let that part go.
2: Yeah, well, it's, I, I can say that the online community, which is where we a lot of us met, and where we've built up our communities, uh, that they don't do it to the RushCon page, but there are a number of Rush group, Facebook groups, and used to be on MySpace, used to be on Yahoo. Oh, sorry, let's make that go away. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but that the within the the, the uh, inane trivia and the oh my gosh, I spotted something that had the number twenty one twelve on it those posts right. exist uh it usually tries to stay rush ish uh it doesn't you know um i guess the stand on the sense page it starts to get a little bit farther and farther and farther away i know that that from mike's latest rant that you know talking about something oh the guys mentioned this two years ago so i'm going to post about it now
0: we don't yeah. we don't actually have to dissect this that's not yeah. right. so i'm this sorry. Is not a- i'm
2: sorry bobby
0: this is not a this is not a trial of the Stens page. We yeah. we need to save oh, our no. defenses for for the for anyone who's not white or straight because those trials are coming soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But no. But love the the Stens page. Love the Stens page. Yes.
2: Yeah. Oh, the, the community. Com- yeah, the community. It's it's just it's super tight because we've gotten to know each other over the past you know fifteen twenty years, and new people are always welcome. You you love Rush. We love you. Um, so it's a a little bit older crowd. I mean, there are a lot of younger Rush fans, but I think it tends to be, it tends to skew a little older than the Stens page. I find that, that kind of people in my age group, Mike's age group, we tend to be kind of the, the, the old timers there. And I'm kind of in the middle for Rush fans.
0: Hmm. Well, bravo on shepherding so many people every, you know. Yeah uh, that's quite a feat. Uh, can I
2: mm-hmm. can I can I throw out a humble brag that I yes, something that I feel course. very good about for Rushcon because one one thing we do in Rushcon is we do a charity auction. And we've raised money for uh the 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 Daily Bread Food Bank in Toronto, uh Red Cross uh for we did um did tsunami relief. Uh this year we did kind of a a, a Bidder's Choice on our charity auction for the ASPCA, Care Canada, and then the Gord Downey, speaking of Tragically Hip, the Gord Downey yeah. Foundation for Cancer, Brain Cancer Research. And this year uh, we raised, um, I don't have the exact total, it's, it's on my phone somewhere, uh, but thousands of dollars. And I think this puts us in 16 years, we raised um, over $115,000 for charity.
0: That's great. That doesn't wow. deserve a humble brag. That deserves a, a brag brag. A real brag. <laughs> do, do, do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just it's something I mean, beyond the community, beyond the great friends that I've met, beyond all the awesome, you know, like, oh my god, I saw myself in the concert video kind of thing, which is a—it it is so cool. Um, you know, giving back is a is a big thing, helping each other out.
0: Yeah. That's very cool. All we did was raise money for Mike.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that was cool too. <laughs> I was glad to be part of that. It, I, it was, that very, was cool.
0: very
1: moving. It was very cool. Thank you, Eddie.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, we said this was going to be a quick one. And then between the election and rush, we are already very pretty <laughs> deep into
1: this. Uh, Mike, why don't you take the reins and uh, run Eddie through her paces? Well, she's listened to all these shows, so I'm sure she knows what's coming. Eddie, how did you find the show?
2: It was through Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Back when Luke was hosting while Peter was writing one of his books. Mm -hmm. And then I kept hearing about Too Beautiful to Live. And I think I'm one of the few people that's like going, oh, that sounds like an interesting title. I love that. Let me find out more.
1: Were you a podcast listener at the time or did did it get you into podcasts?
2: It got me into podcasts. That that was the first podcast I started listening to. That's
1: pretty great, yeah. I think. Think it might have been uh, one of the first for me too. Now, what was the first episode?
2: It it was it was in a uh, spring of two thousand nine, and I can't remember exactly which it was definitely during the radio days, and but one distinct one that I remember is Luke talking about that when he died he wanted to be kept in his chair, in his easy chair, and just have his family surround him. And that that was just such a crazy, kooky, you know, discussion that I went, oh, I have to check this out. And then I stopped listening for a few months <laughs> uh, just because it was hard to, you know, back then it was a little harder to download and mm-hmm. keep track of it's three hours long. But then I started listening up again almost immediately, just, I mean, on, at random immediately when it started as a podcast and I was hooked.
1: Oh, I gotcha. So, um, which episode turned you into a 10? Like you're, you were like, I'm part of this community. I, I'm never not going to be listening to this.
2: Um, it was part of it was the stands. And then when, especially when we were the stick cam tens and I was able to, to, you know, sit in on some of those live live streams. I remember. And that was just amazing and exciting. Uh, more when Luke wasn't interviewing people. I love that I actually love how he interviews people. It's so comfortable. And when he when he interviewed Blue Prophets, I believe that's the name of the band, out of the local Seattle rap band or whatever they are. And I was like, I don't really Oh oh uh, Blue um, Blue Something. Gosh.
1: Yeah, it's in my mind now too. People are going crazy, but yeah, yeah, they're Shoot me,
2: and so so whoever, whatever the name, blue is, scholars, blue scholars. Yeah. Thank you. I was Thank just you. trying to pull it too. So blue scholars, and it's like I am not interested in this music. I'd never be interested in this music, but wow, these guys sound fascinating. And yeah. and
1: I was I was hooked. I was like, Luke, you got yeah, it going on. Really cool guys, and he he really brought it out of them, and. And yeah, it was fun. And then I did listen to the music, which I normally wouldn't listen to, which is, you know, that's something. Yeah. Um, TBTL appearances. I think you've probably been all over TBTL, haven't you?
2: I've had a couple. I've had a couple letters read. Um, didn't you
1: inspire a show fairly recently? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Episode 2112. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm putting that on the Rush page.
2: Yes. Yes, I, I did. I, um. I I wanted to email them about three months before, but I waited till about, oh, three, four weeks, maybe, you know, several weeks before. And I said, is it possible maybe you could end with a Rush song, please? And I sent them a Mm -hmm. couple lists of things that they might, you know, roll the bones or whatever. And, And then just from the first moment, I was dancing in my kitchen and then to hear the um, I'm I'm sorry I don't remember the listener's name but the listener who wrote about you know the song about the effect that Rush had on them and remembering riding in the car their mother's car I was very moved about that so yeah that was that was amazing Um, the first time actually Luke didn't mention my name at all but you know back when he was getting on the riding the little red bandwagon and kind of the first time riding it through Lent, when he was doing the yeah. Lenten bandwagon. Uh, at that time, he would talked about being outside in his yard and seeing uh, an eagle fly by, and he found that very inspirational. So mm. I found a picture of an eagle, and I just put on there, hang in there, Luke, Easter's coming. And I sent it to <laughs> him just as an inspiration to hang in there, you know, to stay on the little red right. bandwagon the whole way. And he just remarked upon it, and... That's just been kind of privately something I've always thought was fun.
1: I do like that that it's morphed into the little red bandwagon before the little red bandwagon even existed.
2: Oh sorry. Uh, Oops.
1: <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> the little red wagon. That'd I mean, can't we're help myself. In there.
2: Yeah. The little red wagon. Okay. Cut. We are all Let's the way back. in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fantastic. Um, do you have any favorite drop or drops?
2: Uh You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, no, let me do this right. You're tearing me apart, Lisa! Will always be one of my favorites.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, One one I've been thinking about uh, lately is, What a Fun, Sexy Time for You. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that one. Like when somebody's doing something really disgusting, I like to to bring that one up. Yeah. I'll tell you Um, why
0: I like What a Fun, Sexy Time for You. It's because it reminds me of the early days when they would just do a whole run of loosely like uh, unlike the intros now where Andrew really edits a real tight run of mm-hmm, themed mm-hmm. or semi-themed drops in the first days of TBTL when it would be fire a drop what do we do now fire another drop yeah. <laughs> and that and that would often be one of the <laughs> sort of filling yeah. time <laughs> a
1: lot of arrested development yeah okay.
2: yeah definitely yeah. uh the the one that they that they've played about, uh, I will take your milkshake.
1: Oh, I'll drink your Milkshake. I'll drink your um,
2: milkshake. Yeah. I always thought I never knew where that was from, and and, and I found out listening to Little Red Bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought it was from something funny, some comedy, and somebody you know, like some dastardly villain. I will drink your milkshake, <laughs> and I and then I realized, oh crap, that's from There Will Be Blood right yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my God. daniel day
1: lewis just bringing it with all his sweaty brow and his menacing
2: yes there was yeah a lot of
1: menace in there (laughs) uh so why does tbtl matter to you eddie
2: the community and the the joy i get or the comfort i get from listening to luke and andrew normal guys Willing to throw themselves out there, be honest, expose themselves, but not literally, but right. uh, emotionally <laughs> expose themselves. Well,
0: there was that one time that Luke did the Running Man and his yeah, Crime there, Fighters. Yeah,
2: and there was that talk about his his exercising in the hotel room that was really oh yeah, disturbing. yeah. Um, but but having having that, it's it's the I'm not alone. Somebody feels the way I do,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: then being able to go to the Stens page and share the joy of tbtl and the goofy crap we talk about uh it's it's a great comfort for me especially back back when i first started listening in 2009 even though those were the dark days as i think many of us call them i was kind of going through some dark days myself and um i just kind of had some comfort uh kind of pulled me through
1: well you talk about the community and. Uh... Having driven up from Houston, I I of course drove up from Kyle to uh, to the get together at Meredith's, and I remember one moment up there when uh, we we were over at that table and talking, you know, you, me, and Bobby, and uh, my my foot was really hurting, and I had to go put it up. So I went into the other room and I put my foot up, and uh, then I think you came along like. 20 minutes later and says, we need a picture of everyone together. And no one had thought of that yet. Mm -hmm. And you, you, you got us all together for that picture. And even though I've been called out for manspreading. Yeah. uh, (laughs) In that picture. Seriously, yes. But, but uh, to, just to defend myself, um, I was, that was me putting my foot up. It wasn't me trying to (laughs) (laughs) flash the camera, but yeah, yeah. Jeremy was all over me about manspreading the picture, but, um, but, But it was nice to have that moment and have that picture and, and, you know, and that our conversation sparked this conversation. It's all, it's all great. It's all connected and it all makes, makes us feel good. So on a day like today, let's focus on the positive. Yes. Yeah.
0: All right, then. Uh, And speaking of that, we're going to go to another conversation about a really serious divide in our world. Uh and this is the divide of Burbank versus the birds. This is a clip, Eddie. Yes. This is one of those clips that I think could easily have been lost to time that, that no one would have thought much about, but you picked it and I went back and listened to it and I was so delighted by it. And I'm glad that it's getting the spotlight because it's not a it's not a grand occasion TBTL episode. It's just one of these delightful moments. Yes. <laughs> that's a little absurd and and personal and funny. And, you know, we, we'll do it more on the breakdown. But when, when Luke is, when Angie's sort of trying to defend birds and Luke is rejecting all of the re- reasonable reasons the birds are important. Like ecosystems? Just, like ecosystems. Yeah. So... This is uh, from episode number 1375, TBTL Mob Justice, which is actually named for uh, some Golfman content later in that episode. We'll talk about that too uh, after we take a listen. This is from July 3rd, 2013, uh, and it's a fairly short clip, uh, but definitely worth every minute. And then some. Uh, Jeremy, uh, give us a listen of uh, Burbank versus The Birds.
3: Um, I... Um... I'm also kind of today hanging by a bit of a thread because I w- I woke up at five in the morning, which is early for me, particularly on a day that I'm not working. I yeah. know a lot, a lot of people get up at five in the morning yeah, but uh, for their jobs, uh, but I'm talking about like un unprovoked, unnecessarily. This is my week off from doing the radio show, and it was because it's been so warm here in Seattle that – and our bedroom is on the top part of the house, and it's kind of warm up there, and so the only way to keep it – relatively cool at night is to open the windows
4: and also tell me if i'm wrong but sun's rising into your windows or no Uh, that's that's south actually yeah the sun
3: is no that's not south that's um west
4: oh that's west so actually sun sets yeah the sun is coming in there when it sets
3: but but it's still pretty bright because there's kind of a big window up there but we have to have it open or at least i vote for having it open Hmm. (laughs) so that it's not super hot but The problem with having the window open is there's also some huge trees out in kind of our front yard area slash our neighbor's front yard. And at 5 in the morning, the birds, as they always are, were going fucking crazy. And so, I mean, usually we just leave that window closed, and that's the way we deal with it. But it does it seems to me like you should be able to have your window open at your house when it's hot and not have to choose between being woken up at 5 in the morning or sweltering.
4: Sounds like, you got, sounds like you got another lawsuit on your hands. Mm-hmm. Burbank versus the birds. Well,
3: here's the thing about that. As I was lying there angry at the birds because I had shut the window, which now meant I was in a pool of my own sweat <laughs> and anger. Um, I was realizing that basically birds are bullshit. And birds have been getting away with murder for years because of one thing. Basically, they can fly. And we as humans wish we could fly. And so what we do is... <laughs> We 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 imbue birds with all of this coolness that really. Let's talk about the. Can we just for a moment talk about the <laughs> pros and cons of birds?
4: I mean, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with just addressing all birds. I'm as, not as a because I mean I think there's some really big differences between let's say a um, a hummingbird mm-hmm. and a pigeon.
3: Okay, well actually pigeons are fine too because they're relatively quiet. Let's talk about the category of birds that are like crows, robins, sparrows, whatever birds are living in the trees outside of Mm -hmm. our house, okay? Those birds. We'll talk about that. We'll take the majestic great blue heron off the list because they seem to mostly keep to themselves. Heron
4: is off the list.
3: We'll take the um, eagle, the proud eagle off the Uh, list maybe. Starlings off the list. Starlings because they're just silent.
4: Yeah, okay. But deadly. (laughs) That's why you say they're getting away with murder.
3: So on the pro side for birds – you have, they can fly. Mm-hmm. Okay, on the con side, here's a big one. I'll put maybe the one of the biggest ones right at the top. They shit on you.
4: That's true. They sometimes do. And they your sometimes, cars.
3: That's next level. Okay? <laughs> Think about it. Like dogs, here's what dogs do. They poop, but it's on the ground, and you can avoid it. Imagine if dogs started climbing into trees and shitting on humans. How long would that go on? So, I'll tell you what. Sarah McLaughlin would not be doing those commercials. <laughs> If that's what dogs were doing. And with birds, we just were like, well, that's birds.
4: Well, it's also a, a lesser amount of. Uh, mm,
3: it is, but it's disgusting. It's still
4: gross. I'm not okay. saying I wish it upon con. myself or. Major you. con. Okay, pro.
3: Pro flight. Right. Anti uh, uh, yeah. con, uh, shitting on us and our stuff.
4: Okay, another pro is just maintaining a balanced ecosystem.
3: Nope, doesn't count. <laughs> I don't believe in it. The only pro is flight. <laughs> That's what I have to okay, say. Okay, uh,
4: what about what uh, about cuteness?
3: Um,
4: Some of them are really overrated.
3: Cute. Okay. Overrated. Okay. All right. I think overrated. Okay. Let me bring another con up, okay, Walshki. Yeah. The waking you up we, we and noise listed that. Yeah. And here's what really ticks me off about that. Somehow we've been sold this bill of goods that uh, the, there's nothing more relaxing than the song of a bird. <laughs> what kind? Of, that's like when the tobacco company got us to think that cigarettes were healthy. <laughs> because when do birds sing their song? As soon as it's daylight. And also, most of their songs are not like... A, the, we, these are not the cartoon birds from helping Cinderella make the sash for her dress. Right? The, most, the sounds that most of these birds make in my neighborhood is this. Brr! No,
4: crows, are, crows are the worst.
3: Oh my god. And they're not saying shit. <laughs> they're just making all of this noise all the time at each other. Just like, I'm on this branch. Hey, guys. I don't know if I, if I was clear about that. I'm on this branch. <laughs> they're not like – they're not having any substantive conversation. They're not, they're not doing anything at all that's worth the noise that they're creating. Con. Okay. Can you come you're, up with another pro that I can shoot down?
4: You're getting rid of the environment. You're getting rid of the ecosystem, balanced ecosystem. I don't know if that's real. That we, we you just need. buy
3: into that because big ecosystem told you that. <laughs> You assume, you assume that, there, that, that every single – there are probably some birds that are important to the ecosystem. Uh-huh. I don't buy the argument that every single species is important to the ecosystem. There's some redundancy.
4: Okay. How about uh, they provide symbols for sigils in Game of Thrones? Mm. I assume. Mm. Although I'm not – I can't I think, think you, you might family.
3: be con- You might be confusing the cover of the uh, Hunger Games books. With Game of Thrones. But that's –
4: you know what? Wait, you know what? What? Ravens. Are you talking about direwolves or
3: birds? (laughs) I I wish there were more (laughs) direwolves.
4: What if they climbed trees and pooped on people? (laughs) Actually, I'd be cool with that.
3: Can you imagine the amount of dog poop that that would be though?
4: Oh, that would be horrible.
3: I would be – is it weird that – and I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. Is it weird that one of the saddest moments for me in that whole – Unbelievably traumatic season of Game of Thrones was just when a direwolf got killed.
4: Oh yeah, I was like, "Don't was that kill the direwolf." That wasn't. That wasn't an...
3: the Red Wedding. I'm, we're just oh, going to say right, 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 right. Arya's being carried in.
4: I forgot. There's that uh, direwolf, and there's another. That's the second direwolf to die. I just realized that because remember in the first season they kill the direwolf of um, what's Arya's sister's name.
3: Oh Sansa! Sansa,
4: they kill Sansa's dire wolf.
3: Um I made a joke the other night that it, it's not going to be funny here. But if you guys could have been there, <laughs> it was. We were at Bingo at the Greenwood Senior Center on Friday night.
4: That sounds fun. It
3: was so fun, dude. It's at once a month. Highly recommend. I want to go. Okay, we'll go next, next time. Because I saw
4: you must have been with our with our buddy because I saw he, Roden. Yeah, Camaro I saw, Kev. Yeah, I, I saw Roden had posted a um. A, a picture of of the bingo with the bingo marker in a beer, and I didn't know he was with you. I was, ins- I just became insanely jealous. That I actually I wasn't there.
3: won, which is Jesus. crazy because there's a lot of people. There's like two, three hundred people in there. It's really fun. It's it's at the senior center, but it's you know it's mostly young people and then some seniors, which is kind of rad. Mm-hmm. And then it's run by this just like really funny, like old gay lady who's just like not taking any shit <laughs> and wearing her pride hat on Saturday night or Friday night. Cause it pride weekend. But anyway, we're getting in there and the whole place is just getting wild. Cause everybody's drinking Mike's hard lemonades and yeah. like,
4: or as we call in our family, lemonade,
3: everybody's drinking lemonade. And, and they're like, people have outfits on and it's like really packed because they, it's overly, it sells out every single really? month. Oh yeah. It's a really, it's like a wild scene and there's all these people. And it's like, it's like, You can't really quite move, and you're at these long tables, and everyone's, like, banging. Like, let's get going. And there's all these, like – whenever a person gets bingo, everyone else, they wad up their now useless bingo paper and throw it at them. (laughs) So this is this giant paper fight. But it was just, like – the energy in the room before we started was just getting crazy, and I go, if they lock the doors, this is turning into the fucking red wedding. Yeah. I'm out of here because it just felt like at any moment you were going to look back and they were just going to be like someone quietly locking all of the doors. And then you were going to realize like we all die. Um, Hey, um, speaking of nothing related to everybody dying, we are going to do this porch show tomorrow, which is going to be really fun. We have Alex from the band Cumulus. She's going to come by and play a couple of tunes. You may know Cumulus as the band. This is from their as yet unreleased record. Um, I've played this song like a million times on the show. I'm totally obsessed. Although, here's the thing. It's just going to be Alex and her acoustic guitar. So it won't quite sound, because there's another person in this band called Lance... His name is Lance. Is that a British thing? A guy called Lance instead of saying a guy named Lance?
4: Oh, I don't know. I I always struggle with that, especially if I'm trying to write that sentence. I don't know if I should say called or
3: Well anyway, there's another guy named Lance Umble in the band who's awesome. He is touring though with the Lumineers right now, so it's gonna Whoa. be Alex and the NBD. So it's gonna be Alex and her guitar, which means it might sound more like this.
0: You and
3: me this is from a Seattle secret show that she played in somebody's living room. Just imagine this with way more crows shrieking in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
4: on this bridge.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Alex uh, from Cumulus is going to stop by. We've got uh, our listeners coming. One of the listeners is bringing a dog. I cannot wait. I'm pretty sure she lied that the dog was named... Golfman uh, golf man. Yeah, she
4: said his name was Golfman in the original email mm. to win us over. Yeah, and, and then we agreed to like let maybe her maybe the come. And... the dog's name is Jack, but Yeah, either way. There are way.
3: rumors. I'm, we may need to have the dog fight one of the crows.
4: <laughs> I'm not even thinking anymore about tomorrow being um, the the uh, porch show. I'm thinking about it as the day I get to play with this awesome dog. I already saw a picture of the dog eating. He's cute.
3: So um, we're gonna do that tomorrow. We're gonna actually try to live stream the show as well on, we? on UStream. It's getting, it's getting ambitious up in this. Cool. So we'll see. That's usually a disaster. So look forward to that. But um, the um, we'll post uh, the link in the Facebook page that we've used when we occasionally decide to do. We we call it a Stickam show, which is ridiculous because we're not on Stickam anymore. But that was the place that the listeners first found each other and started calling themselves Stens, which is Stickam tens. Um, Although that's now been shut down, so we're going to be over on – we'll be on Ustream, I guess. So I'll put the link up to that. It's supposed to start at around uh, a little before noon, and then we'll do that show, and uh, it should be real fun. Um, Let's see. Uh, Oh, yes, Chateau Saint-Michel. Turns out they are still sponsoring the show for reasons I don't understand but um, (laughs) because apparently they haven't listened (laughs) to these ads. But uh, they continue to sponsor us, and we continue to love them. They're great. They're uh, located out there in Woodinville, Washington. Kara, are you getting psyched about counting crows live? Totally. Especially if they sound like the crows in our yard. <laughs> she said especially if they sound like the crows in our yard. Yeah, I was going
4: to say, can we put that in the pro column for birds? Counting crows?
3: I like counting them. Yeah. Right before I shoot them with a BB gun.
4: No birds, no counting crows. No <sighs> counting crows, no Adam Durwitz. Duritz. Duritz.
3: No Adam Duritz. No Adam Durritz. All right. I'll put that mildly in the pro column. Thank you. You should go out to – Forget uh,
4: about the ecology thing.
3: I just think that's overrated, <laughs> buddy. I think that's really overrated. Um, so uh, you should go out there this summer to one of those uh, concerts. If you can't make it, grab yourself a bottle of Chateau Saint-Michel somewhere, sometime, and enjoy it. And uh, raise a glass to uh, TBTL, won't you? We really appreciate you sponsoring uh, them because they sponsor us. Chateau Saint-Michel, they are the uh, official wine sponsor of – t b t l
0: you scared me i'm awake i'm awake now, now I see why you wanted
1: to bring it back from the <laughs> I just want to let you guys know that i'm I'm on a branch I got, got a good branch over here <laughs> wait what ah! I'm on a branch. <laughs> With one talent. Ooh. This is showing off. Full Mutley for me over here.
0: I wasn't expecting that.
1: Uh <laughs> I haven't gotten full mutley from anyone in a while.
2: Oh, you do sound like mutley don't you?
1: Well, no, it's it's,
2: it's it's kind of a
0: it's kind of a thing. Mike really sounds like Mutley when you get him, but <laughs> Yeah, when you really get me. Uh, so, uh, this clip, uh, is, is our reminder that birds are bullshit. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I don't think they're bullshit. I, I, we need some birds right now around this house. Oh yeah. We
2: need as many birds as we can get. Yeah. What the hell was that last bug you posted?
1: (laughs) Yeah. We, we had a bug. Emily, Emily sent me a text yesterday. She was coming back from the grocery store and she goes, what the fuck is this? And it was a picture of some prehistoric. Stick bug on, yeah. on her front door, yeah, which which stood there on the front door through like four or five trips between her and the car. That bug was not going to be deterred.
2: Wow, wasn't it like just like a a baby version of some uh monster from a Riddick m- movie or something?
1: Right, right, like a yeah, yeah, exactly. I think DJ posted some some awful pictures of like space insects. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So let's 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 address this uh, uh issue from the clip. Uh uh Luke and Carrie's bedroom is hot. The solution is to have the window open, but the problem is the birds early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um Mike, I see you immediately had a possible solution for Luke in your notes. Yeah,
1: I yeah. mean having been to prison, uh your plugs are really great. You went to prison? Yeah, I did briefly in the nineties. Uh, what, really? uh-huh huh. but that's back when prison was a nice place yeah so
2: oh yeah back back when only the best the best, yeah, right. best. The
1: best around yeah. um and even even if you don't if you i mean you can buy them at home depot you can buy them at a drugstore they're foam they're very comfortable you can buy them from the commissary you get them from the commissary well actually i didn't buy them from the commissary i don't think you maybe you could i got yeah. them from my celly who worked in uh construction services okay so All he right. just Bring home a bunch of those. But uh, you can make a jailhouse earplug uh, by just using toilet tissue and water. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you find yourself one morning not wanting to close the window. So, you know, this is a very addressable problem, Fran.
2: Well, in living in Texas, my advice would be an air conditioner.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that was a big house, though. I don't know if I would would have put in central air or... Well, just maybe, know.
2: maybe just a window unit in the ba- in the bedroom, though. In the master
1: bedroom, yeah, yeah. or yeah, a portable unit. We, mm-hmm. you... but but talk about loud. Then I mean, That's you true. don't want noise, and now you have a window unit.
0: Well, much like uh, Luke's favorite noise-canceling headphones, though, a window unit air conditioner has sort of a steady lull to it. That's true. Yeah, uh, you know, it's... noise-canceling headphones aren't going to do anything about birds, right? <laughs> no, uh, but that that sort of steady sound would at least drown them out. We run a. We run a fairly loud uh, room circulator fan in our bedroom, mainly for the noise, um, just just to sort of drown out the the fact that there's a big tree next to our bedroom window, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of branches
1: out there. Yeah, lots of branches. <laughs> yeah. Ah! Comfortable branches.
2: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, I work in a cube farm, cubicle farm, and I just have a little air filter, and I turn that on, and, and it just cuts out all of the calling you know from the branches near me
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah um i lived i worked in a cubicle farm for about a year a while ago and i just played my radio at a reasonable volume
1: oh you were you were told you could play it at a reasonable yeah volume? And,
0: I, and i and i actually did wow uh thoughts about if dogs climb trees and shit on people would we
1: care more or less <laughs> I would love to watch them climb the tree. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yep.
2: Yeah. Well, cats climb trees, but they don't shit on us.
1: No. Yeah, that's true. But
0: then we have to call the fire department.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. no, no cat's ever gotten out of a tree
0: on its own. Um, I am out of my depth talking about dire wolves. That's why you have me. Okay. Yeah, that's Eddie's. It, that's Eddie's. Was this an apt uh, jump on this conversation?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Th- th- they, they couldn't remember They, they kill everyone in Game of Thrones. Yes. But when they kill one of those poor wolves.
2: They yeah. killed Grey Wind. That was the Red Wedding. And so they killed Grey Wind and it was devastating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So all I could glean from this is that the Red Wedding was like hipsters playing bingo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Uh, because in the Red Wedding, they slowly closed and locked the door and then started killing people. And so after watching that, you're in a room, you're with a lot of people, you start to keep an eye on the door.
1: Yeah. If Got your it. back's to the door and yeah. the bingo game's getting pretty intense. Yeah.
2: And, and then <laughs> they start playing worried. the reins of Castamere and, you know. you do.
1: Pretty soon you're bleeding out through the neck. Yes. <laughs> All right. Lesson learned. Yeah. Uh, Did we need to touch back on the grackles? Um oh yeah uh Emily has a thing uh, about uh grackles which are I I don't want to say they're a Texas crow but I didn't know about them until I moved to Texas and they're everywhere at least in Austin um Eddie is uh Houston infested with grackles? Yes, twice a year. Oh really? They 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 migrate through.
2: Yes, yeah, in the spring and in the fall they were just here a couple of weeks ago and my local Kroger there's for, you know, a week or two a year, uh, they are, there's a, like a thousand or a couple thousand that just
1: mm-hmm.
2: hang out. It's really, I mean, it's creepy. It's like the yeah. birds.
1: Yeah. That may, these grackles may have been the inspiration. They're, yeah. they're not quite as big as the crows that I was used to in the Northwest, but they are uh, pretty aggressive. Yes. And, and they do travel in larger packs yeah. than uh, or, I, I, or I don't frogs. even know if they have anything to do with crows. They just look like crows.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they're related, but they're but they're a fairly large blackbird. Not as big as a crow, of course. But right. But they're but they're not like a, a chickadee.
1: No. And well, they're and, and,
2: they're crazy. Their sound. It's weird. It's not. There's, yeah, there's, I can't there's,
1: imitate it. I would if I could. Yeah. You know that.
2: Yeah, it's got a weird. <laughs> it's got a weird. Crack and a hoo-hoo and a... it's kind of like what Luke sounds like.
1: Yeah, when, well, when luckily, he... in yeah. this area of the country, our windows are rarely open. Yes. Yeah. That's,
2: that's right. our state. See, that's why I, I was like going, oh, well, I never notice it because I have my windows closed and my air <laughs> conditioning on.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
0: all right. I don't know that there's a lot more depth to to pull out of this clip. When I listen back, Eddie gave a start time In her notes, but didn't give an end time. And I almost thought the clip was over when they went to the Chateau Saint Michel spot. And I almost cut it before that spot until the Counting Crows talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Just just any conversation about Adam
1: Duritz. If he's shitting from a tree, definitely I'm going (laughs) to call the cops.
0: Yeah, I I definitely
2: would. I I think at that point, it's just a health issue. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. But it was nice um, to hear.
2: Nice to hear a Chateau Saint Michel spot remind me, you know, to go get some get some wine tonight.
0: I've seen the Crows live once. That's what we call them, the Crows. Oh, uh, ooh, well, fancy. Actually, no. I feel like that could cause some serious confusion with with Black Crows fan. I wonder if they would rumble over that shortened nickname. Uh, But I've seen The Counting Crows once, live, and I do think Adam Gertz was shitting all over the audience from the stage.
1: Oh, Uh. Uh, (laughs) Was he also on the Nine Songs from the new album tour?
0: Uh, No. Uh, I think he was on the I'm Gonna Make as Much Money as Possible. So, whatever, tour. This was high school. He was touring with John Mayer. Oh. And it was kind of a fun juxtaposition because The Counting Crows were all high as fuck. Uh and John Mayer was really noticeably drunk. Oh. So we kinda yeah. got wow. both ends of the mellow spectrum. Nice. Uh <laughs> uh that's what happens when you date a girl who likes John Mayer is you you go to concerts like that. Oh,
2: my son. I'm sorry.
0: Um ah, I live to tell about it. That's fine. Same venue actually as that rush concert. Same oh, yeah. indoor, outdoor amusement park amphitheater. <laughs>
2: Oh, in Buffalo,
0: Darien Lake.
2: Yeah. Oh, I yeah I saw Rush there in uh, on July fourth, back a few years ago.
0: All right, then was yeah. it the same show?
2: Uh, you know, it might have been, Snakes and Arrows. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you were way up front with the fan club, and I was in the back with the idiots.
2: Uh, yes, yeah, I was third row, in front of Alex. <laughs>
1: Because that's how you get in the concert videos. You got to get up. That's right. You got to get up close. Yes. The only way to get uh, famous in crowd shots uh, is really to go to anything that Fox Sports is uh, broadcasting. Because I think they showed every single fan at the World Series this year. Everybody got their three seconds.
0: Oh, right on. Oh, yeah. The, the trick is to look as dismayed as
1: possible. <laughs> right. To start crying in the first inning when your team falls behind one to nothing. Put
0: your rally cap on immediately.
1: Right, right. Yeah. You just, turn that cap around and start bawling. And people are like, uh, dude, you, your team hasn't even come up to bat yet. So, <laughs>
0: So uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes for the whole episode, 1375 TPTL Mob Justice, because the second half of the episode is an email segment about Golfman. And for context, a couple of days earlier, uh, the guys had found Golfman's Facebook page and had read out a bunch of his likes and things about him on his Facebook page. And someone, uh, apparently multiple people, actually, but someone, uh, at least one person, emailed Andrew and said, "Hey, heads up, FYI. Based on everything you said on the show, I was able to find Golfman's Facebook page. And uh, Andrew did not identify who that person was, but just asked everyone to be chill and not like blow up Golfman's spot. And since mm-hmm. you got your humble brag, Eddie, I'll give mine, which is that, of course, <laughs> I was the person who found Golfman's Facebook. Page. Oh, right on." <laughs> Awesome. Uh, actually, not even as hard as you'd think, uh, based on what he had said. So, um, I'm not going to blow up Golfman's spot, but in light of the recent events, and I haven't looked yet today, but uh, he is still oh, as man. much of a
1: douchebag as you would expect. Oh, I bet man. he's tap dancing yeah. about the Trump victory. Yeah. at this point uh
0: yeah so i tell you what i'll pull it up right now and uh we'll see no his latest post at least that i can see he maybe he hides things from non-friends but he's a very intermittent facebook user so um mm-hmm. yes there there were some uh some sexy pictures of megan kelly labeled women are not sex objects oops uh, uh. we've got uh Trump lost one billion of his money and Hillary Clinton lost six billion of your money, but you hate Trump. So, you yes, know, that's just yes, the, the general theme of, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Golfman's Facebook page. Um so that tickled me very much. <laughs> As a longtime Golf Man hater. Uh, so I will encourage people to go listen to the whole episode. Um and with that, um, a little bit of quick housekeeping, which I'll take. Um Christie's working on the archive project and most importantly, looking for inquiries questions for Mike about his time, uh, both in prison and from his bank robin days and his, uh, uh, post prison life. Um, and that's going to be paired with, uh, some talk of the episodes, Mike, when you were on the radio days of TBTL, the week you spent breaking all this down for Luke and Jen and Sean, um, so uh, if you have questions about that, send them to LittleRedBandWagon at gmail.com. Christy wants as much input from the Tens and Wagoneers as possible, as she's working on a little something special to package all of that. Uh, LittleRedBandWagon.com for your stickers. And remember your Amazon link, com slash Amazon. Buy your stuff, let us see what you bought, and we'll get some pennies for it. Um, I already mentioned the Golfman link. Mike, do you want to tell us how to get involved?
1: Sure, sure. Either you drive to Dallas and meet us at Meredith's house, or you go to the website at littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, go to the Facebook page or the Sten's Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at LRB Podcast, and email is littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemail is eight zero two four three two 432 tbtl eight zero two four three two eight two eight five that's all I have thank you Eddie it's been a long time happening we were we were about to do this show and then I got my foot cut off but it's nice uh, nice to be with you
2: yeah i just I'm just so thrilled uh, so thrilled to be here and to be um, just part of the Stens community and to be part of the LRB community it's just awesome
1: well thanks again appreciate it Bobby you want to get us out of here sure uh, until next time this is the next party and uh,
0: if you're going to have it at Meredith's house, just give 48 hours notice uh, because Duff needs
1: to call the butcher. That's right. We love you, Jen.
2: Nailed it.
1: What about the voice of Getty Lee? How did it get so high? I wonder if he speaks like an ordinary. I know him, and he does. And you're my fact-checking cub.